starting a new series uh, this morning, uh, starting today, and then over the next five weeks, we're going to look at the church in Antioch, uh, and specifically, uh, we're trying to build off some of the things that we'll talk about today, and uh, also the, later uh, uh, at the AGM, as we think together about what appears to us as leaders as a new season for us as a church. Uh, we'll talk more about that uh, this afternoon, but uh, we're trying to set that up and, and, and bring us back to sort of some of the things that we've always said are central to who we are as a church and to what God, what Jesus wants to see in his church. Um, we're going to do that by looking at the church in Antioch, so if you want to sort of stay with us, uh, spend some time in Acts 11 through 14. That's where the church in Antioch, uh, Luke sort of breaks his, uh, his uh, the book of Acts, his story of the development of the church into these sort of blocks. He, he builds it. Can you put the map up there, uh, Brett? He built, when, in, in Acts chapter 1, when Jesus is commissioning the apostles to build his church, he says to them, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So, for people who, uh, who are into maps, that's the eastern edge of the Mediterranean Sea, right? Those of you who aren't into maps, picture the Mediterranean Sea on your far left would be Spain, Italy, the boot, Greece. That, that little bit you can see at the top is Turkey. Jerusalem, down at the bottom where it says Judea, then Damascus, Syria, and Antioch at the top. So Luke, or Jesus, as in his commissioning to the apostles, says, you're going to build my church. You're going to be my witness. It's going to start in Jerusalem, where, they're, where they are at the moment. And it's going to spread them to Judea. Samaria is that area just below Damascus, which makes logical kind of sense because the Samaritans were a, a mixed group of some Jews and some pagans that Assyria had brought in, uh, whatever, 800 years before, maybe not quite that long, something like that. And they have sort of mixed together, and so they sort of had this hybrid, sort of partial God worship, partial pagan worship. And then... Everything else, of course, was the ends of the earth. And so by the, by the end of the book of Acts, Paul is in Rome. That's the center of the known world at that point. So that's that picture of it moving to the ends of the earth. And, and in 300 years, the church becomes the dominant religion in all of that world. What Jesus said and what he had commanded, the, the apostles actually believed him. They actually thought they would do that. Take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And so Luke's story, and we're going to pick it up in, in chapter 11, but he, it's really that first uh, Acts 1 through 6 and 7 really capture the development of the church around Jerusalem. And it's those verses, it's those chapters it's that story of the development of the church in Jerusalem that has been for me sort of my life focus and theme. Whenever I, it's the reason I've stayed involved in the church all of my adult life, even at points when it was the most frustrating and discouraging place. I stayed there because there was part of me that said, but what if it could be like that? 
this beautiful, it, it felt, Acts chapters 1 through 6, is this beautiful God building. He has this beautiful design. It's like he's, he's an architect and he has this picture of what the church should look like. And, and Acts 1 through 6, it's just like, oh, this is amazing. Right? They start off with 120 people in the upper room. The, the, the spirit descends on them. And, and by the end of that day, 3,000 people have been added to the church. And, and, and by chapter 4, it's 5,000. And there's all these descriptions of their fellowship with one another, of their caring for one another, of, their, of, their re, of people readjusting their lives and priorities to, to build this thing and, to, and to, to advance the gospel in their world. And, and Luke describes it as them having favor with all the people. Right? It's this beautiful combination of the outpouring of, of the Spirit and the work that he's doing and the people coming around and the, and the church being this amazingly exciting place to be. And so for me, that's, that's been sort of the motivating thing. It's like, that's what I want. That's worth putting my energy towards. And it, we're not there. I mean, that's always the tension for me. But it's, it feels like God just keeps giving me a little taste of that. To say, well, yeah, you're right, it could be like that. Because there's been, even in these last five years, we've seen that those kinds of things happen. We've seen uh, throughout uh, our time in the last five years that, that, that I've been here, God consistently sort of laying out the steps that we're to take as a church. He's, he, if you've been here throughout that time, you know that regularly God would give us a new word. That the, the word for this year is establisher. I didn't go back and look at them all. But God sort of gave us this focus and said, this year you're supposed to do that. And as a leadership team and council, we would get together around that word and say, okay, so and it felt like there was sort of logic and design behind what was say, God was saying to us. And we saw... Uh, we sort of knew between what we saw together as leaders, what the Spirit was saying, the focus, the direction we were supposed to go. We, we, we saw God's favor in, in how he gave us this building. And for, what, what, how long was that? Three years? The building was empty and, and it was sort of ours. We sort of forgot that we were tenants. Remember that? We had this weird sort of, all of a sudden Ingrid came and wanted to use the building. It's like, whoa, we think this is our building. Like, oh no, we're renting. Shoot, I forgot that. Because it was sort of like it was ours. And we had this God kept sending us people and provision, and we sort of had this slower, slower than Acts 2 and 3 and 4, but this consistent growth of people and finances, and we saw good things happening. And so it's in that place, it's with that sort of design and uh, and sort of this sort of progression forward that that's what captures my heart and think yeah that's what I want to be a part of we're building something God's building his church and I what I'm doing is contributing to that in a very real way and that's true but it's it is to some degree a selective remembering or reading of the book of Acts because in Acts chapter 7 is the martyrdom of Stephen. Sort of the high point of the, of this, the church in Jerusalem. They, they have this, they've had this huge expansion. They've appointed deacons to help carry on the ministry. And immediately one of those deacons is martyred. And, um, and in chapter 8, 
Luke says this, And there arose on that day, the day of Stephen's martyrdom, a great persecution against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. So now, now the building of the church shifts. We're going from this logical sort of design, follow the plan, move it up from Jerusalem, you know, up the coast. That movement, notice, happens because of persecution. They haven't followed a plan. God forces them to, to Samaria. And so in chapters 8, 9, and 10, Philip goes to Samaria. And the gospel is brought to the Samaritans. The verses that caught my eye, that I want to set up this series and talk a little bit about where we are, is that first verse in chapter 11. So Philip goes to Samaria, that sort of middle part. But in verse 19 of chapter 11, Luke goes back. He references that chapter 8 thing and says, Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose from Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. That's how the gospel gets there. Up that, up that coast. God is now building his church not by design but by disruption. The church is being built in Antioch by refugees. I don't think that's pushing it too far. These people have been driven out of their home and, and their lives in Jerusalem and they've fled up the coast. They're refugees but they're building the church and we'll, we'll look in more detail at how that happens. It's remarkable to me that these people who are fleeing for their lives come with the gospel. It, it's, it's so much a part of them that it has to come out. Like the church, the building of the church does not happen because of this massive disruption. I mean, Luke seems to suggest that everybody leaves except the apostles. So I, I don't know now, does he mean all the congregants or all the leaders? I don't know what, he, what he's referencing there. But it's a massive destruction, a disruption to how the church is growing. When God decides to build through disruption, we can easily misinterpret that. It's very easy to see disruption and think, oh, God has abandoned us. We had a good thing going in Jerusalem. The church is just getting under their feet. We're just starting to get some structures in place. And then it all blows up and everybody's scattered. So we think, well, yeah, see, God wasn't in it. Or we say our leaders messed it up. We want to blame things. Or we start to second guess, did God even say build a church in the valley? That's what happens when there's disruption. But I, I want to suggest to you that, that part of what we're seeing as a leadership is that, that, that God is shifting some things into a new season for us as a local church, and that, that it looks like disruption, that there has been significant disruption in our world and in our valley in the last two years, primarily because of the pandemic. That, that when we look at the history of the church and some of those good things that happened in terms of our finances and our, the number of people in attendance, all of those kinds of measures, which isn't the only ways we measure how the church is doing, but it peaked just before the pandemic. And we've sort of had this drifting, sort of, we, we've actually done really well throughout the pandemic. But in the last six months, or I guess now it's more like 10 months, but through the, most of this year, we've seen disruption. And we've had a number of, of families move or leave our congregation. 
That's impacted our finances. So there's all this sort of context kinds of things that's disruptive to us as a church right now. And then we have uh, the Anglican, our, our provinces uh, investigation, the, the accusations against Bishop Todd and all, all of those kinds of things that you know about. But then there's the things that we actually hold. Our, our, we've, we've, Greg sent out a letter not that long ago about the change, how that's impacted our finances. And we'll, we'll get more detail about that this afternoon. And then, of course, there's also the change in our building. And the, our, the reality that, that we are on a month-to-month lease now until next August, but sometime between now and then, we have to find a new place to meet. God is disrupting what's going on here. He's not saying, don't build the church in Cumberland. He's not saying, oh, you've, somebody's made a mistake. We shouldn't, have, we shouldn't have committed to this building, or we should have... You know, it's not about second guessing. God is disrupting us on purpose. He's positioning us for a new season. So there's there's some of the our context, our world. There's how that impacts us as a corporate body, and then there's also just been some disruption in my own life. Um, you, you know that the board came to me uh, earlier this year and said, you better take a break. We better slow this down. And, and we've talked, uh, even last year, about my sense of not being able to hold all the pieces as well as I once had. And having come back from that time away uh, over the summer, there's a real clear sense from me that I'm not meant to hold all the pieces, all the, all the things that it means to be the the main leader in this congregation. That, that season is coming to an end for me. Um, and I was talking with Wanda this morning about that and saying, I'm not sure how to talk about that. She said, oh, well, that's about this. And, it's, and what, she was, what she reminded me of was God told me in a very profound way about probably eight or nine years ago that my ministry would, would be he would disrupt the usual pattern of leadership for me. That, that the typical pattern of leadership is this, this learning curve and then, a, and then as long as you can hold on to it, sort of the, being the, 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 the primary person and sort of hold on to power and influence and, and make, sort of push that out as long as you can and then stop and let somebody else come up and, and make, have their go at it. And God said, oh, that's, that's not what I want from you. I, I, will, I will bring you into a place of influence, but almost immediately as you come to that place of influence, I want, you to, I want you to come in humble and start to lift the next generation up. You won't stay up here as the primary influencer. You're going to have to come under and lift up the next generation. And that, that image uh, has stayed with me throughout my, our time here. Uh, throughout these last five years, that our primary job is to, is to release and raise up a next generation. And so a whole bunch of you are standing in those new places as a result of, of, of what, what, how you've responded to God's call in your life in the last, in the last five years and, and beyond that, of course. It's what we've tried to do uh, between Brett and myself to step back and make some room so Brett can explore what his calling looks like. And 
And as I, I, I start to realize, oh, I, I, I do not have the grace to hold all the pieces, God also sends us Josh and Kiri. A, a, a new leader that, that fits into this puzzle in some way. And so we're going to talk this afternoon about how we think that puzzle is working together. But it's disruptive. But let's not, let's not be mistaken that disruption is not building. Like We cannot forget to see the hand of God in this. And that's what we've been trying to do as a council really consistently, is to say, so what is God showing us in these circumstances? What's he saying to us? And how do we chart a way forward in that? And so I, don't, I think it would be naive to think that we, we're not trying to say, well, this, the, this shift in new season won't be disruptive. It will be. It might even be uncomfortable, but that does not mean God is not in it. I'm firmly convinced God is in it. Secondly, I want to remind you that God, that Jesus, whether he's building in this sort of logical, let's go to Jerusalem and then Judea and then Samaria, sort of following the plan, the one that, that I'm really clear about how that's going to happen. Um, he, he, he builds the same things into his church in that season as he does in his season of disruption. He's still, it's still Jesus is still uh, forming us into his bride, into his church. He's still building into his church. We are the, the body of Christ. We're supposed to be the hands and feet of the same things that Jesus did in his ministry. What did Jesus do in his ministry? We talk about those things in our context as the five passions of Jesus. The five things we want to be passionate about as the church. He, God, Jesus continues to build into us that we would love his presence. That we would be a worshiping community. That's why we want to meet Friday evening. To just spend an extended time in worship and prayer and, and seeking the face of God. That we've missed that in a particular way in the last 18 months. That he's still calling us to, to be maturing disciples. He's still calling his disciples. Just like he said to Peter and James and John and all the rest. Follow me. He continues to say that to us as a church. Keep moving forward. It's not, we're never, he's never said, oh now you've arrived. He's constantly calling us forward and asking us to be a community in which disciples would be matured. And where we would be a place in which his love would be extended to, to one another and to our larger community. That, and that, that, that how we love people and how we think that works is being significantly disrupted as we come out of the pandemic. Because we do not know what to do when somebody says, well, I'm vaxxed or I'm unvaxxed. We, 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 we've got ourselves all, we, we have got ourselves in all kinds of funny places there. I'm not saying we should ignore it. But the real question is how we're going to love each other. That God is going to use the pandemic to show us what it means to love people who are different from us. Because we've, we've been, I'm starting my next sermon now. Because we've been a people who've said, well, we're a community because we're all the same. Isn't it wonderful? That's not the church. What's going to be remarkable is that we're together and love one another because we're so remarkably different. 
that we're, we're unified because of Christ. We're going to be a place of community and coming together, and we're going to see that people are moved into their callings. We're going to, we're going to continue to do this work of saying, I see something in you, and I, I want to bring that out. I want to make a space for it. I want, it to, I want, I want this, we want this community to be a place in which, uh, which there's safety for people to say, oh, I guess I could try it. And it might look a bit messy. It might not look beautifully designed and professional and polished all the time. But it's going to be a place in which callings are, are brought out and people make their first steps and we cheer them on and we encourage them and we see remarkable things come out of people. And it's going to be in this new season, a season in which mission becomes central. I'll talk about this, I don't know when, I, I think I'm on in two or three weeks again. Read Acts chapter 11. These people are refugees. They come to a place that's, that's more Greek-speaking than, than, than the Jewish community they left in Jerusalem. They left all the security of them, of all the excitement and growth and, 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 and gloriness of the Jerusalem church to build a church among Greek pagan people and saw God move them in the same way. God's mission is never an option. All of this is not for us. It's for others. I had a third point. I'm just reading it to see if, I'm, if I should add that or not. It'll come back in another opportunity, I think. So to sort of bring it back together, Jesus called a, a small group of people Ten, 10 years ago to build, to plant a church in the valley. That was the word of God. And, and, and it's come through all kinds of different paths along the way. But throughout, God has been building his church. And, and this, as, as we shift and understand what that new season looks like, the problem, of course, about this season is that it feels a bit... Um, obscured in a sense maybe that's more for me than for for all of us together but it's not it it's not sort of laid out as these sort of wonderful steps going forward there is there's going to be some confusion for us we, we can't leave this space and try to find another space so you know all of those kinds of things it's going to be it's not as clear but let's never doubt that God is in it. He has called us, uh, us as in all of us, us individually, to be a part of this church and to see it built. And he is continuing to do that. We could, that's where we have to start. Otherwise, we start to say, we're going to do it. And then that gets heavy very quickly. The only way forward is for us to see what the Spirit wants to do next and for us to follow that uh, without hesitation, 
and with great confidence and with great expectation that, that the church that God is building in Cumberland and in the valley includes this expression of his faith, uh, that he has us here very specifically at this time and at this place.